0: Welcome to Small Steps Living, the the podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Corder, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the 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 show. Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast and for what is becoming my absolute favorite thing to do on the podcast, which is interview my amazing small steppers. And I have a really interesting lady for you to meet today. Once again, she doesn't think her story is much chop, and I totally disagree. You are going to learn things about kids' behavior, about ditching scales, about how this whole uh, balance and I guess the whole small steps approach works in real life. So welcome, Jane Davis.
1: Hello. Thank you. Where are you dialing in from? From I'm um, halfway between two little towns in West Australia, um, in East Pingley. So we're between Brookton and Pingley.
0: I just can't tell you how many small steppers there are in WA. What is? What's with that? Just I keep on. I feel like there's actually this big, huge, remote Australia community that is having to connect online to yes. groups like this because the access to go to events or things like that just doesn't actually exist. Would that be? That's right.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So I do pretty much everything online, all my shopping, all my communicating. I'm studying externally. I'm at uni, so I do all that online, everything. It's all online now. Um, I think my mum said the other day there's 2 million, uh, population of 2 million in WA and only 500,000 of those are rural. In Western Australia oh wow yeah so we're quite spread out yeah we're, we're not close to anything we don't have a lot of shops or anything like that so yeah everything's online
0: so when you say you do your like all your shopping online is that from supermarkets or are you yeah
1: supermarkets clothing um pantry staples all that sort of thing so if I want to go to like we have an IGA in town but it's very small and what they do provide is not of the best quality and it's very expensive, <laughs> costs a fortune. It's actually cheaper to drive to Perth, which is an hour and a half one way, and buy food in Perth and come back again than it is to buy it locally, which is probably not what I should be saying. I should be saying buy local, but when it costs you a lot and it's not of quality, it's a bit harder.
0: That's really hard. Mm definitely um yep. and i think it's something it's a story that i hear quite a lot it's like yeah all right or even people you know i talk about farmers markets in brisbane i have two that i could go to on a sunday saturday and two that i could go to on a sunday oh, totally that's spoiled yeah but even people in melbourne are like don't have that so it like there's mm. different challenges depending on where you live yeah For sure. So, okay, have you always lived there? And tell us just a little bit about your family.
1: Yeah, so I actually grew up in a town called Albany, right down the bottom of WA. It's a coastal town. And then mum and dad moved to Perth when I hit high school. Um, So I did high school in Perth. And then, yeah, pretty well from there. I moved to another small town uh, when I was about 22. And I took a job uh, managing a rec centre in a small town in Narragin for a little while. And then, yeah, I ended up meeting my husband and getting married and moving to the farm. So, yeah.
0: So you're a farmer's wife? I am. Keeps us busy. What do you farm?
1: A little bit of crop but mainly sheep. So we have a lot of sheep, so it keeps us busy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it does. Okay, so
0: tell us about how you kind of got started on this this Whole Foods thing. Was it always something for you or was it something that you came to...
1: Um, So it was actually, I was on Facebook online and I saw your webinar with Jude Bloreau and I listened to it and it actually made me have all these aha moments um, right back to when, um, so when I talked about the MSG with my daughter. So one example was we were driving home from Perth. I gave her Chicken Nuggets from McDonald's, I think it was. And it was within about 20 minutes. She was screaming at me, but like, angry. And she's she's the most placid kid. She was so chilled, dream baby textbook, slept all the time, breastfed amazing, no problems. And then this kid just yelling, screaming bright red. It, nothing I said or did could calm her down. She was just a mess. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, the only thing that's different is the nuggets. So I thought, oh well. I won't give them to her again, and we didn't have an issue again. And then I listened to your webinar with Jude, and a few things started to click in place. And then that's when we started to realise a few things. So,
0: so tell us, tell us a little bit about. I mean, and if anyone's listening and you're not sure, um, Jane is referring to Jude Bluro, who is like you know the godmother of Australian whole foods. She's um, an amazing, amazing woman, and I. I've interviewed her so many times now and every time I learn something I and it's her common sense approach and that and just going going back to basics that I love even although I feel like she's at a point that I'd love to be you know in terms of the ingredients that she uses the Definitely. her ability to actually cook technical things yeah. is kind of a little bit beyond me right now with you know the three little kids but um uh tell me. When you heard that, and then when you experienced the chicken nugget thing, what else, because you meant, I, I know the MSG story, but everyone else doesn't know it. So perhaps give us a little bit of a.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, every Sunday night, the local roadhouse, the BP, we'd call in and get our fish and chips. My husband plays football. So we'd be there all day. The last thing I'd want to do is come home and cook. So we'd grab our fish and chips, and it would be every Monday night, almost exactly 24 hours later, she would have an epic meltdown. They would last sometimes 45 minutes to an hour, an hour and a half, and you couldn't touch her, couldn't go near her. At one, uh, The one thing that um, was the hardest at one stage, she was rocking back and forth, holding the back of her head, and just would not – she was only two and a half, maybe three at this stage. She's about three and a half now. Yeah, and I – I was just like, this is not normal. This is, you know, three-year-olds, they have their tantrums, but they pull themselves out of it pretty quick. You know, you can distract them with something and they're fine. But, no, this was, I was like, this cannot be normal. This cannot. So, um, yeah, so I had joined your small steps program at that stage and was just starting to take small steps. Um, And it was then that I realised, well, maybe I'll just cut out the fish and chips considering we'd had the reaction from the nuggets so long ago and then yeah it was just almost instant nothing no no she was it was just I was like how can that just a fish and chips on Sunday night just have such an effect and um yeah then I was talking to my sister who's also a teacher in Melbourne and she said I've just done some research have you ever heard of an MSG tantrum And I was like, no, an MSG tantrum, surely that's not a real thing. She's like, it is, and it happens exactly 24 hours after eating it. And I was like, light bulb moment, that's it, right? It has to go. Just, yeah, which makes it hard, yeah, when going out and things. (laughs) But it's so worth it not giving it to her. It's just a different child completely.
0: It's just. So crazy that we don't know what all of this food is doing. And that can you imagine if you were a family who had that a few nights a week and were in just this constant, like this constant meltdown of children situation. I mean, it's and it's not something that happens to everyone, but I mean, how lucky for her that you've copped on, because I think that's the worst thing when you see your child going through something that you're like, I don't want this to be your thing. Like I'm suffering, this sucks for me, but this sucks harder for you.
1: That's right, exactly. And she was just to the point where she was, so after the tantrum, she'd just be so exhausted, but then she'd go to sleep and it wouldn't be a good solid sleep where she'd sleep through the night. She was restless and she'd cry out and all sorts of things throughout the night. So it wasn't even like she was sleeping well or anything afterwards. So I was like, there's got to be something else. And then, yeah, it was the MSG so talk to us about, like, where was
0: food before um, before Small Steps and, you know, did you make improvements from that? Because from what you shared f- with me, you knew how to cook.
1: Yeah. Well, I have to know how to cook on my wife. Yes. You've got to provide like, the food. But everything was pretty well packet cake mixes because it was quick.
0: Right. Weas okay, it up, chuck
1: yeah. it in the oven. Um mini chocolate bars summer rolls it was just what juice boxes it was just whatever I could get my hands on that was quick and easy and I could chuck in the lunch box and my husband's grown up with that as well so I just thought well that's what he he likes I know he likes it so I'll just throw it in but um yeah so it was because my husband could see the change in our daughter that he he was like no we need to stick with this and change what we're eating and everything and every now and then he goes I'm too skinny and I said well that's because you're not eating all the junk when you're sitting on the tractor not putting on all the weight he's like oh I have to buy smaller clothes I was like well at least you're healthy dear
0: well exactly so what were you what do you reckon were some of the quickest easiest sort of things that you started to change like did it surprise was it really hard or were there some things that were easy
1: I've actually found it quicker to make something from scratch than try and read the instructions on the back of the box of how to make it or whatever else it's actually been quite an easy transition um I think I spoke to you before when we had our Perth small steps catch up and I was saying that I was previously a thermomix consultant and everything else and since I've been making things from things from scratch I've actually found that I'm not using the thermomix as much it's just so quick to just chop up the veggies, chuck it in the tray, put the sausages on in the oven, done. It's just, yeah, I don't I don't know how to explain it or why, but it is just easier just to do it yourself from scratch.
0: I, you know, I started my Facebook page as a Thermomix consultant because I was experimenting with this new machine and doing all fun things. And then I got a bit the same as you. Like, I feel like Yes, it, it's it's brilliant and it does. It's a helpful tool in my kitchen, yeah. but sometimes I'm like I just and especially because of the kids and where they're at and they don't like things everything mixed in together. That I was just doing a lot of roast veggie, a lot of sweet potato, a lot of you know steamed greens, you know that sort of stuff. That yeah, I and the flavour if you get good food is. It's enough to... It sure
1: is, yeah. The flavour yeah. is a hundred times better.
0: Yeah. Like I tried to do bolognese in the Thermomix so many times, all of the best recipes I tried, and you just cannot beat a simmered down on the stovetop reducing
1: yeah heartiness. Yeah. flavours all the way through the meat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, and so tell us a little bit about you and your relationship with yourself throughout all of this.
1: Yeah. So, um, previously, um, obviously because we were eating, um, foods that probably weren't the best for us. My weight was quite, um, used to fluctuate a lot. Like I could lose five kilos in two weeks on, off, on, off. It just went up and down. And I was like this is crazy. It used to drive me nuts because I'd have two different sizes in my wardrobe. Which one am I going to wear this week sort of thing. But um, yeah, since starting small foods, it's, so it's been sort of like an on effect. So um, I feel like my mind isn't, my brain isn't foggy anymore. It's so clear. I can think straight. Um, I can, I never used to be able to do lots of things at once or think about several things at once and I would just get overwhelmed and almost have a meltdown myself but now I can think clearly I can do several things at once I know what's going on I'm more organized I've been able to go back to university while I've got the two girls and help the husband on the farm that sort of thing it's all just been able to um get it's all just clicked into place so then I suppose while all that was happening I just got distracted from the jumping on the scales, my clothes aren't fitting, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started playing netball again as well. So then the exercises come in, so I've been feeling good because I've been exercising, eating well, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I don't even need the scales. I don't even need to try on different clothes or have different things. It was just, oh, this works. This, I feel good. I don't need to worry about it. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm just living. It's great. There's no there's nothing hanging over me anymore.
0: I just think it's crazy how so many of us look at what is on the scales as a reflection of who we are, how good we are, um how on track or how and it, it it's just um it takes the focus away from the things that you were just talking about which is actually how I feel is better am I moving uh, you know and I see people like even people who come into small steps and it's something you know that I always talk about like just don't make life about food even although food is so important as we've just heard with the MSG <laughs> tantrums and that kind of thing but it, it if we make if we get obsessive, about food, then we're not getting obsessive about living an awesome life, which is that's right. what if, we're, if, if our focus is kind of on that, like what makes me feel really good? What can I do like right now? And mm. if that becomes kind of your compass point, I guess, then eating a great meal is like a result of that. And joining a netball team is like, oh man, I'm just going to do it. Because, and yeah, I just, I find, I find that like really heartwarming if small steps has played a part in that. Because, oh, definitely has. That's like the whole, the whole point. You know, we can all follow, we all know the rules around food. We all know we should be eating you know, lots of vegetables and and if it was just about doing that, well, then we would all be doing it, but it's not because there's conversations going on in our head and, mm-hmm. you know, self-sabotage and all that comes about when we just don't feel good in ourselves. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's and right. That, it's almost like a circle too. So, like, you, you know you're not feeling the best, so you know I now know that I now need to go and cook something decent to eat make it it's not hard it's quick and then I've eaten and then I feel better rather than going to the cupboard trying to find that packet of whatever just to shove down quickly before you go do the next thing yeah it just yeah it just improves everything yeah it's a spin-off effect so what are you studying at uni tell us um I'm finishing off my teaching degree so I did it many years ago when I was younger and of course doing the typical ah oh, I can finish it later I don't really need to do it now I can go do some other things try a few different jobs yeah wish I'd finished it when I was a bit younger but that's okay so yeah I'm finishing <laughs> that off now
0: <laughs> so what will you do primary secondary
1: uh kindy to year 7
0: oh so. nice mm,
1: gives me more options for more work so
0: yeah, which I'm sure there's not that many schools around no. your area.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: um, If you had, if you could sort of go back in time or if you could tell yourself, like, back before you knew anything, what would it, advice hmm. that you would give yourself about, about food?
1: Mm, good one. Um, definitely, it is definitely about the small steps so even if you can't get the organic lettuce or the organic capsicum or grass-fed organic beef or whatever just eat the fruit and veg and the meat go back to basics and just do the best you can with what you've got because i face that every day here i can't just go and get organic fruit and veg and grass-fed meat um so i just do the best with what i've got sometimes it is frozen veggies but at least it's veggies at least it's not fish and chips where my daughter's going to have a meltdown you know it's just yeah yeah so just go back to basics work what you've
0: got oh I I love that and I think that there's so many like we see in small steps that the perfectionist um tendencies that people have like Mm -hmm. once you know this stuff you can't not know it and so you want to do it right but then that causes all, all kinds of stress so I I love, like, do you have any ways in which you've kind of been able to bring that? Is it just that you can't be a perfectionist about it or have you had to kind of let go of certain things?
1: It's probably a bit of both. I did get very stressed at the first, at the beginning. Oh my goodness, how am I going to get all this organic stuff? I don't know how to do it. I'd been driving to Mundaring an hour and a half that way to get meat and fruit and veg, which I do generally anyway, because I know I can get good quality stuff. But even then, sometimes I couldn't get the organic fruit and veg. So then I got to the point, I was like, right, you're doing your own heading. Enough's enough. You just got to work with what you've got. This is the best you can do at the moment. And when you can get it, get it. And when you can't, that's fine too.
0: And, you know, I remember with Jude, and I don't know if this was one of the webinars that you watched when she's like, Get out your woman's weekly biscuits or that's cakes cookbook. Yeah, yeah. And she's mm-hmm. just make something from that white sugar, white flour. Who the frig cares? Just make yeah. it from scratch, and you are winning. And I—that's the thing that keeps me sane. Sometimes is you know what whatever I'm doing, if I can do it by myself, and which doesn't always happen. At all, but if I am every time I do that then that's a win for the team that's right so I'm yeah. so glad that that has seeped into you and I and I, I love also that um you can still be patting yourself on the back every single step of the way, which I think is important because <laughs> otherwise like what are we doing with our life if we're just going to be whipping ourselves for the things that we haven't done you know
1: exactly could put you in a pretty um pretty tough spot where if you can't get yourself out of that rut where you just think you're not doing a good enough job all the time you just, you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel but once you just tell yourself it's okay you're doing the best you can let's just keep going it works you just get on with it and your day's good again
0: oh and that is where we will end this interview because that is the best piece of advice everyone should hear what you just said then Because I think if more people took a leaf out of our books, you know, concentrating on our kids, looking at them and seeing, Hey, this doesn't feel right. I might need to do something about this and then experimenting without going crazy. And then, and then finding that, okay, that sticks. Let's just keep going with that. But then also just relaxing on the journey, being able to, to give yourself. A pat on the back and knowing that everything's going to be okay (laughs) is like, is the best. And that's why your story is worth sharing because you are an example to people of someone who's doing amazing things personally in your life, you know, finishing off uni, getting back into sport. Like, you know, there's so that is something that really holds people up and you're out there doing it and you're doing great work for your family. And you're running a farm. Bloody hell, I don't even know how you do it all. and But you've just got this beautiful balanced approach. And I am so grateful to you for sharing that with us today because I think. Well, the more people know that this is possible and that it doesn't have to be stressful and we don't have to turn ourselves inside out. Sure, there's a moment of stress as a lot of us realize Oh gosh, the way that I'm doing things might not be the best way. But if we can make those changes slowly and with kindness to ourselves, then I think we're going to get further faster.
1: That's right. Exactly.
0: Well, thank you, Jane.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank
0: you for taking some time out. Now, go and like, what do you do with sheep? Are you going to shear them? <laughs> like, well, <no>. I don't.
1: <laughs> not, not today. We're not shearing today. No, it's a bit. A bit cold and wet for that we usually do that in March um I'm not doing anything with sheep today thankfully but I do have cleaning to do so <laughs> sorry that
0: at least now we've had a good chat and then that makes the dishes easier
1: yeah <laughs> I don't think anything makes dishes easier they're <laughs> the bane of my existence I hate them that's what that we washing
0: to, ah the washing pile I I just went away and I came back and mum had been here for a few days and the whole like all of my washing was up to date. Everything was away. Love it
1: when mum comes to visit. It's the best Always. Thing. Like not wrong. How does she just how does she do this? I just don't know. My mum had four kids under five and a half years. <gasps> and in five and a half years, and I honestly look at her now, I said, Mum, how did you do it? Honestly, I've got two girls and I cannot fathom the idea of four kids. No way. It's just incredible.
0: And that's it. Everything would have been from scratch for her. Mm -hmm. Everything, you know. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I I often use that as a barometer. Like my granny, she wasn't going through cookbooks every second day. She wasn't flicking through Facebook and being bombarded with ideas of what to eat. She just knew how to make a roast, how to make, mm-hmm. you know, basic food chops and, you know, mashed potato, whatever it was. Like we're not doing ourselves a favor by complicating it. It's the head it's the head stuff that I think needs to just be calmed right down so that we can just go back to basics, have our staples, know that we can whip them out like our parents and their parents did. Mm.
1: That's like um, the house that my husband and I live in, his pop built about 60 years ago when him and his nana went, wow, his pop and his nana got married and there are marks still in the sink where... His nana used to cut the sheep up that they, they oh, got from the paddock. <laughs> <laughs> that they got I from the paddock. The paddock. There is, there's marks in the sink from the knife where she's cut the sheep up on the sink.
0: That is next level, Jane. Yeah. Yes, it's like, like, she didn't did know what you were going to
1: say, <laughs> Wow. She, every, she did everything. She grew all her own food. They had their own meat. They had milk from a cow. They did everything from scratch, like themselves. They had, if you they think were, about um, the difference
0: between what our kids are growing up eating and versus what your dad would have grown up like that is it's we've just messed things up really quickly for ourselves yeah. and all we need to just do is go back to basics so thank you for sharing your story of how you're doing that i think you're a total rock star and i'm so grateful you. to have the chance to chat
1: today no worries thanks lisa
0: For more inspiration, interviews, and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life, one small step at a time.